Today's edition of the Roma Press Podcast is brought to you by Euro Fantasy League. Do you like playing fantasy football online? Do you like playing Serie A fantasy football online? If so, make sure you check out the sponsors of this podcast, Euro Fantasy League, by going to fantasycityah.com. Again, that's fantasycityah.com, as well as trying their other games where you can all find at eurofantasyleague.com. As I've always said, they have the best scoring, most up-to-date statistics, the easiest gameplay. So again, that's FantasyCityOut.com, as well as their Champions League game at Fantasy-Champions-League.com. Welcome to the Roma Press Podcast with John Solano. Hi everyone, welcome back to another edition of the Roma Press Podcast. I'm Roma Press Editor John Solano. Um, Not even going to waste any time, just going to get right into it. Roma 5, Pilsen 0. Andy, your initial thoughts. Uh, if you're if we're talking about the initial thoughts at the beginning of the game, I was a bit worried. Oh, yeah, uh, ten minutes was terrible. Maybe even yeah, twenty. Exactly. The, at the beginning, it I was I was afraid that it might be one of those Roma performances that we've seen in the Europa League with Spalletti, where we would play down to our opposition, which at the time was awful. Uh, Luckily, you know, it, it didn't happen yesterday. I saw a, a really nice performance. Um, and I think all the answers were good. Uh, and, you know, on to the next one. Yeah. Um, those first 20 minutes, though, were pretty rough. Watch uh, Jesus and Fazio. Um, yes, yes. Very, I mean, before the match, I was worried. And then the first 20 minutes was, uh, it looked like, to an extent, Roma were almost uh, like a child playing with their food. Uh, that 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 should have been put to bed within 25 minutes, but uh, not going to complain. Obviously, the Dzeko uh, hat-trick is the highlight, but I have to say, uh, I criticized him really heavily here. Uh, Pellegrini was sensational. I, I Sensational is maybe even underwhelming because I, I I thought he was incredible in that in this new role of his. Yeah, yeah. Considering considering you know all the pressure that he's been under, and uh, you know we we weren't sure, and uh, Di Francesco himself wasn't sure if uh, Pellegrini was going to perform again. Maybe it was you know a one time thing, but it turned out that he, he really has some interesting instincts in that role and if you watch closely almost every goal that Roma scored yesterday was going through his feet uh all the key passes I think he, he had eight, eight key passes yes. Yes. which is the highest number of passes um anyone has had in this Champions League you know that means something if you if you can it doesn't matter if you can score. That what matters are those numbers, are those key passes. If Roma can have a player uh, like that um, that can contribute to the team in in that sort of uh, in that specific way, then it's great. 
What do you think that means for Pastore? Do you think, because <laughs> I have to say, um, even if Pastore returns, I don't know how you take Pellegrini out of the fold at this moment. Well, again, I think, I mean, I, I think we, we should all pump the brakes. And, you know, it's, I, I, I don't like seeing the fact that, you know, all the newspapers are now talking about the best Italian prospect. And if, considering two weeks ago, he was a terrible player. Uh, but yeah, I was wondering, you know, about it too. But I think, I think it is somehow if what yesterday showed, for example, was that, you know, if if something happens, Cristante can fill in that role at the back uh, together with Zonzi. And I think maybe, you know, maybe Pellegrini and Pastore can somehow coexist in in this team if this team tries to be competitive. Because if Roma want to be competitive, then they will need they will absolutely need all the uh, firepower they they can afford. And it, it's great to see, you know, uh, to have uh, a player with such a high IQ like Pastore, who you know is it's not a young player anymore but he can mentor uh, Pellegrini into that role, considering Pellegrini is, what, 22? So I'm very happy. I, I, I think we should all put the worries aside for now and just enjoy what we are seeing. Yeah, I, I mean, I've been very critical of him. Um, I said he lacks the qualities of a modern midfielder, and lo and behold... Literally an hour ago, his his agent Giampiero Pochetta called him uh, Centrocampista Moderno. So I, apparently, I don't know yeah. jack shit. Um, <laughs> I, so uh, I didn't see this coming. I have to say, I, I disagree with you. I don't know if him and Pastore can play together because I. Oh no, I, no, I, I didn't mean that. I didn't mean that. I didn't mean that they could play together. I, I, I oh, oh you, you mean like coexist in the, in the sense of the same On the roster that okay, they can, okay. you know, they can fight for uh, a good amount of time. And if Roma are planning to be competitive across multiple competitions, then yeah, I don't think they can play uh, on the same pitch. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, the, the thing, obviously... Pastore, when he got injured in the uh, in the derby, I mean, he was probably the best on the pitch. Um, and then Pellegrini enters, and he's he's the best on the pitch. Um, yeah, you know, obviously Pellegrini was a bright spot yesterday, but I have to say too, um, Cristante in that role was really really good. Now we keep heaping praise, and it is only pills, and I understand that. But I mean, this was we got uh, Roma were pumped by Bologna two to zero just a few uh, just two weeks ago, so. It's like overreacting one way or the other. But, I, I mean, that was their best performance by miles. Actually, I think the Derby might have been the best. But, I mean, everyone is sort of adapting. It, it finally feels like they found the formation that suits this team. I, but, see, we played for the 4-2-3-1 against Kevl. And that was an underwhelming performance. So... The formation is 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 very good, and it's certainly a key element of this three uh, win uh, route. But I think it has it, it's it's got it, it it's more about the the attitude 
of the whole team and it comes down to the coach the coach that finally um, has shown some signs of being able to prepare for the opponent not treating every opponent the same way and actually you know putting a, a, a formation a squad of players that want to perform and are able to perform that's that for me yesterday the most important thing was that they were all they all wanted to end that game and uh, i thought that exactly those first 10 20 minutes were really shitty because they were nervous and i you could feel that nervousness but once that once the, the the attack got fluid, once we went forward and got that second goal, got Jacob that second goal, then it was it was perfect. Then Roma cruised through that game without any problems because it, it just I think the, this Roma has some internal fears uh, which they have to fight. I think the worst enemy of Roma is Roma itself. They have these. These these mental lapses sometimes. If you watch those games at the beginning of the season uh, against Kiev or against Milan, where it's the same players. I mean, the, and Zonzi was playing then, and Pellegrini was playing then. And, but this team is so psychologically fragile that right now, you know, it, I'm so glad to see them, you know, riding this wave of positivity. I agree, and that's also why I want to see more of the younger players. That's why I want to see Under. That's why I want to see Cliver because I feel like they haven't been infested by this cowardice sort of um, apprehensive mentality that sometimes overtakes this club. And I thought Cliver and Under yesterday were unbelievable. I mean, they were both sensational. Yeah. Yeah, I agree, and I, I, mean, I liked I liked I, maybe, Uber the most. Oh, I yeah, without question, and I don't know if you'll disagree on this, but I mean, what now? El Shadawi wasn't terrible in the Derby, but he wasn't great. But I, I, I mean, relative to what we saw to Cliver last night, I mean, what is the point of even putting El Shadawi out there anymore? I, I, yeah. I, I don't see any reason for him to play. Yeah, I mean. The only probably the only reason to keep playing him is to you know to to give some sort of competition to these younger players and then eventually make them starters. But yeah, their movement Wunder and and, and Clifford works so well together. And uh, I just I, I like I liked how yeah because yesterday you could see that Jeko after after that second goal he was playing with a purpose he wanted yes, that yes. Uh, that third goal he needed it at all costs and and that was the best thing about yesterday was that the team was playing for each other so uh, aside from that damn i was just Laura, about to say that hey yeah. So the the exactly. biggest if you watch between uh Clivert Under uh versus like El Shadawi, I mean El Shadawi doesn't look like he is a shit if anybody if Roma lose, but as long as he scores, it almost now I'm not saying that's how he is or you know, that's his mentality, but it's yeah. the way he plays at times. Like we were discussing it after I forget which match. It might have been the Derby, but um, about Jekyll pouting, but El Shadawi just does these things at times where it almost looks like he's more out for himself before the team. I mean, Cliver and Under yesterday, they they wanted Jekyll to score. They were working for Jekyll to score. 
Yeah, say I, I thought I, I said the same thing after Bologna. I thought that Clivert was the really the only one who was threatening because he was always looking for Jekyll and you know that day it was looking in vain because Jekyll was nowhere to be found but yeah I think El Shirwahi is not I don't think he's a selfish player I think he's a terrible terrible at making decisions when it really counts and it he has that gene that Roma gene of pissing himself when it matters the most and it's something similar that I saw yesterday with Florenzi. Now you may disagree, but I think that that Florenzi, you know, if it was in a more important game or against a bigger opponent, that was a terrible chance because oh, that I can't yeah. tell you how much that pissed me off. Yeah. That, I mean, you know, lay the that, that's ball the thing. Off. Yeah, that exactly, exactly. That's the thing. I think that. Players like El Sharawi, Florenzi, even Perotti have that. And that Roma, unfortunately, need to get rid of that specific aspect. I'm not saying get rid of the players, but just, you know, bring in some fresh mentality. Because the mistake that Florenzi made yesterday, instead of passing it to a wide-open Dzeko who was hungry and needed that third goal, and instead just shooting... Just this producing this very weak shot on straight at the goalkeeper, it, it's something that Roman really need to work on. And by bringing in Clivert and Under, I think it's. I'm not saying it solves all problems, but they're they're more. I mean, they're. I think they're more able to to provide something, and they're more willing to to help out uh, a guy like Jeko because there like, there is this sort of respect. You know, a mature 33-year-old striker, right? Uh, backed up by a 19-year-old winger and a 21-year-old winger. Yeah, and you and I both—I don't even know if it's necessarily a criticism—but we both said we absolutely hate when he pouts on the pitch, which he's prone to doing. I, I mean, that's not—that's not, that's not um, taking a hit at his ability or his class. I mean. If we're being just clear here, I, I mean, in terms of out-and-out out ability, I think he's probably the most talented player in the team. Um, sure. But they look like such a different team when he is fully engaged. I mean, yesterday, um, he 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 looks like he could have had four or five goals in him. I mean, he should have four if Florenzi just lays the ball off to him. Um, he just looks like such a different player when he's motivated. Yeah, and that was uh, that again. That's the the secret to Roma's uh, because again, you know, if what if what if the prison score in those twenty opening twenty minutes, you know, it's back to square one. Instead, Roma were they they you you knew this game had to be decided by a guy like Jeko, and uh, he did exactly what was expected of him: lead the attack, lead the team. And once he got that second goal, you could see the whole team just play differently with a much, much more free mind. The, the attack was more fluid. The, the, the midfield was, you know, the, it, the team was playing with a purpose just to close this game, you know, go and move on to the next one, finish it off. So somehow, um, Seska beat Madrid. And after that match, we, 
clearly would have thought Roma would have been comfortably in second place. Lo and behold, they are now in third. That makes this match against Seska a, a must win. You know, I, I hate to over-exaggerate. I hate to embellish things. But, um, I mean, any hopes of qualifying for the knockouts now, I mean, they they absolutely have to beat Seska because otherwise they're in big, big trouble. I mean, we know how difficult uh, the trips to Eastern Europe are for any side. I mean, they're, they're always difficult, let alone uh, Roma, who tend to scr- struggle during those matches. Um what what are your thoughts in regards to that? Are you worried at all about qualifying? I was I was yesterday I was very worried. I was checking the scoreline for that game the whole time because you know I was expecting at least a draw, if not a win for Real Madrid, and that would have put you know Real Madrid at six points, and you would comfortably be fighting for that second spot. Uh, Right now, it's a must-win. You have, and I think it's uh, two games straight against Seska, right? Uh, one right. away it game, is. and then Correct. so you must, you must, they must beat them. Uh, they must beat Seska uh, uh, because it's doable. Yesterday, Real Madrid basically played like us, but they controlled the ball i think like 77 percent of the time they did yeah uh, they had a massive amount of possession yeah they had like 27 shots and it's uh, and you know so it was pure um pure bad luck uh but this roma team cannot underestimate these sort of opponents i like the fact that yesterday we crushed uh such a weak opponent by such a large margin and I expect them to do the same against Seska because I think it's, you know, again, it's unbelievable. I'm sorry to just move on from the side, but it's unbelievable to me that we have such a terrible home record in the Serie A. With unbelievable. Unbelievable. And, and, and then you look at the, the, the Champions League and it's like we're the, the, the basically un, un, undefeated at home. We've scored, I think, 17 goals and only uh, conceded two. It's a whole other team. And, and I believe wonder, they've only lost one under Di Francesco at home in the Champions League. No, I, I th- no, no, it was the draw against uh, the draw. Atlantic. You're right. You're right. That's it. That's that. That's all. We, and and two goals again. We we conceded two goals against Liverpool. And aside from that, we were perfect. So you have to wonder, you know, what's what's with this team? I can't explain it. Now they have Empoli at the weekend, then international break, then they have Spal. And then three days later, they have Seska at home. And then five days after that, they play at Napoli. Then they play at Fiorentina. And then they play at Seska. So yeah. what a... Uh, I mean, you want to talk about a difficult um, run. I mean, two weeks after the international break. I mean, that's why I'm just so damn bitter that they dropped all these points in the league to these shitty teams um it stretches like that where you just you want to kick yourself because i mean they're gonna have to fight and claw for every point after this international break um now given that they have the difficult schedule mixed in with the champions league how do you if you were d francesco he didn't there was some turnover yesterday obviously but I, I got to tell you, I am dead scared of the way he is use, utilizing Kolarov. I'm dead scared of how he's using Checo. Um, 
I mean, I don't know because where are those guys going to rest in that stretch? Yeah, uh, I th- I read today, um, but you know it's it's still early. But I read some probable formations uh, for from the Corriere della Sera, and they were saying that against Empoli, where Kolarov is going to rest, and most likely it'll be Santon on the left, uh, and then in the middle, surprisingly, it will be maybe a start from for Zaniolo. Um, but again, yeah, these are. Again, it's time for Di Francesco to prove that he has trust in certain players because... I mean, uh, Luca Pellegrini looked fantastic when he came on yesterday. And I cannot sure. understand for the life of me why he does not play more against the smaller city outside. Ah, yes, I, I don't understand. But, you know, I, it's baffling to me to see... Uh, Zaniolo start against Real Madrid so you know nothing can beat that it's just that I think that Di Francesco Di Francesco's biggest challenge right now is to manage these players you know to because I don't like the fact that uh, Dzeko is is never substituted because it means that he's irreplaceable and you know, it makes you dependent, too much dependent on a player. What if Jekyll gets injured, which he never does, but what if, you know, then as a coach, you have no no reliable options because you've never had a scenario like that. And uh, I don't like that. I think if a player like Jekyll gets too comfortable, then you have these stretches of drought, of gold drought. Um, luckily, yesterday it ended, but... You know, it's again in Kolarov as well. As tough as he is, you know, playing with a supposedly broken toe, you know, show some confidence and and, and let others start in that way. I mean, we all understand that it's important to have these leaders and mature players start in these sort of games. But when you're playing Empoli, if you're Roma, you you know you you play with you know play with confidence even with the youngest you know that's it's it's all in Di Francesco's hands. Yeah, I I think Pellegrini has to start Luca or uh, Luca Pellegrini. That is, um, you know, after watching it yesterday, I you know we we did question his attitude the other day, but I, I just got to tell you, I watched Jekyll and I just can't believe that the amount of shit that he gets at times. Yes, his attitude at times can be pretty poor. Um, but I just go back to the amount of people that wanted to sell him in January, and I just cannot even begin to bear the thought of Roma having to replace him. Because if you, I tweeted this yesterday. If you put his goal-scoring numbers and you just put that in the transfer market, what that would cost. I mean, look at some of the, the, the fees that are being uh, paid for players out there now. Um, I mean, it's just insane, and I feel like at times he's underappreciated, but I, I just can't imagine where this team would be without him. Um, nobody else can, can, seems to score, and it's astonishing. Well, uh, it's it's true, but I agree with you to a certain margin. Um, I... I, I I don't. I can't say I'm the biggest Jekyll fan. I surely appreciate, you know, what he's what he's done for this team, and in terms also of you know just the simple presence of having 
uh, a player who's won, you know, the, the Premier League with Manchester City, uh, uh, you know, a great, a great, uh, a great striker, world class with incredible numbers, the goal scoring leader for the, the, the national team. Uh, all of that, and he's always been, uh, well, recently, you know, in these last two years, he's been consistent for us. But I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm actually curious to see what this Roma will do after he moves on, because um, I think he, again, he's a player that you have to shape your entire game around. And sometimes that can be uh, detrimental to the team overall. He's, you know, I, I don't question his numbers. He's just entered the top 10 goal scoring yes, leaders in, in, yeah, Roma's, in, in Roma's history, which is incredible considering um, he's had like uh, 170 appearances or something and he's have, he has like 77 goals, uh, which is incredible. But uh, I'm... You know, I just maybe I'm I'm biased because I like young players, but uh, I don't think I mean certainly in these recent years, without him, we we would have been lost because uh, when Spalletti was managing this team, the only one really who was producing anything uh, was Jeco and Raja. Um, under Di Francesco last year, again this team was malfunctioning. And he he's still he was still the one who was making a difference at, uh, at London when we played Chelsea and then the comeback against Barcelona. He was always the one leading the attack. Um, but yeah, I mean, there is no way of questioning him. But, but you know, aside from that, I'll I'll, I'll be curious how Roma uh, build their future after he uh, he moves on. It'll be interesting. I just, I mean, uh, Avada Morata went for 80 million euros. And, I mean, if you put, if Jekyll was 28 and you put him on the market, I mean, he's a 100 million euro player. And I just fear how Roma replaced that because you would, at least I believe, that they brought Sheik in to sort of be the heir to him. But... I just don't know if it's if it's going to happen for him here. Are you worried at all about him? But yeah, but remember when when Roma brought in Jeco, he was on the margins of, of Manchester City. True. Uh, you know, he was Aguero was the was the main man. Uh Jeco was was not considered uh this this goal scoring machine. No, then... no, no, but I will say his 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 goal scoring rate was. I, I don't know. I don't know where it ranks in City's history, but I, I mean, it is fucking incredible. Uh, his goal to uh, his minutes to goal ratio. I mean, it's insane. Yeah, true, true. But also, you know, you consider he's. I think he's. He has the. Again, this is not to you know to lead an agenda against him. I'm just saying the fact is that he's he's had the worst conversion rate uh, in all of Serie. Very true. Very true. He has he has a lot of chances, and again, this is this all comes down to attitude because Jeko, if he if he ever had a different attitude, say like a guy like Zlatan or Eto'o, 
this this dog if he ever had this dog in him then he would have been one of the top strikers of all time of all time but in in, in exactly in roma he has a lot of chances gets these chances and when it's not his day he'll miss them all the simplest ones even uh but again it, like yesterday i mean I didn't expect him to score after three minutes, and he did it like it was nothing. Right. Uh, and considering in all the previous matches, he was hardly getting anything done right in front of goal. So he he can be that player. Uh, he can be a star player as well as he can be a, a terrible presence on the field for teammates and game plan. Um, I think that's the only thing that prevents him from being the top top. That that he doesn't have that mentality that, you know, as soon as he sees the ball, it's in the net. Sometimes it is, sometimes it's not as they, you know, whatever floats his boat. So switching back to the league now, um, we welcome back uh, a Roma legend. Or actually, no, it's away. So uh, uh, Ro- <laughs> Empoli will be hosting uh, Roma in Tuscany. And they are led by the legend at the helm as their manager as their manager um i i've had the chance to watch them and they are absolute shit um they are really really bad they don't score a whole lot now granted they don't concede a whole lot of goals but they are just terrible now you said the same thing about kievo said the same thing about bologna now do roma finally have it in them to put a team that they should manhandle in the league into submission now the only hope i have is that you you referenced steve francesco's home record his away record is yeah very very good very good very good yeah so are you worried about drop points or have they sort of found their recipe and they handle it it all depends again how they approach this game because if they're gonna field, you know, you always run that risk. I mean, we could start Pellegrini, we could start Zaniolo, but um, you always have that risk that you know these guys have never played with with each other or you know very little. So I just uh, I, I expect Roma to to go on and beat them, beat Empoli easily, so then they can just for the rest of the match i expect them to to for them to play a game like against Rosinone, uh meaning a complete control uh and just pure dominance so that then you can rest up Kolarov and jeko and all those guys um exactly i want to see some i want to see nzonzi playing again i want to see cristante playing again i want to see pellegrini playing again but it should be again a a a, a, a game that is just business as usual uh, this this has to become a norm for roma because while we are celebrating uh three wins in a row uh, Juventus haven't lost the game. I think in, it's been seven games they went undefeated. So, you know, we always have to put these things in perspective. I want Roma to become better by by not paying attention to these games. They have to win them easily and just move on. And I, you know, it's with Empoli, there is just no other way than taking the three points. Yeah, I. You know, I'm I'm confident they will. Again, um, 
on today it's Oli is he's not a good manager. They have him look good early on. They don't score a whole lot of goals. You know, Di Francesco has said something yesterday that I'm pretty sure you and I discussed or at least referenced in one of the podcasts. He mentioned how at Roma you don't have the margins to experiment during the season and that he was trying to find the right mix, the right recipe, right recipe, the right formation. Given what you've seen in these last three or four matches, I mean, any thought of him going back to the 4-3-3 is just insane, no? I mean, they look like a completely different team. Completely different. That's true. And I don't think he wants to go back. I mean, he could have easily went back to the 4-3-3 against Posen, but he didn't. And uh, if you notice, it was very strange because against Posen, they were probably because the opponent was uh, non-existent, but they were just switching all the time. And Pellegrini, as much as he played the Trequartista, he would also come back and play that the Rossi role in the middle in front of the defense and orchestrate the movements of Nzonzi and Cristante. I think with a 4-2-3-1, you're so much more threatening and imposing and you're not flat. You are, you're, you, you go forward much more easily, at least with this Roma team, uh, with its characteristics. And against these these opponents, I think it's a perfect formation. But above all, I think that since Di Francesco has had that that speech where he that he made where uh, he said, "I'm putting on not players but men, those that show have shown some values that matter." Uh, I think the whole team has been rotating differently because yesterday they could have easily sat back and instead they didn't. They went and pushed on for it to get the 3-0, 4-0, 5-0. And that's the difference to me. And against a team like Empoli, you have to do the same. I'm hopeful that he'll continue like this because I, I just I, I can't get over just how different they look. Um we saw in that second half against Atalanta, the players just look so much more capable of expressing themselves in that four-two-three-one. Um, Pellegrini, I forget which match, but oh, you know, it might have been after the derby where he said, I, "You know, I like playing in this role because I don't necessarily, I, I'm not strapped with the defensive duties. I have two capable midfielders behind yeah. me. Should something go wrong?" And I, I just can't for the life of me understand why this wasn't made sooner. I mean, if we look. I mean, if you just look at the City A table, I mean, you have to wonder where would Roma be had he done this sooner? I, I mean, the question has to be asked because, I mean, right now they're one, they're at 11 points out of seven matches. Um, Juve in first with 21 points, Napoli with 15, they're in second place. Fiorentina, Inter, Sassuolo are level on 13. So I just, for, I, I just cannot understand why it, it took this long. Now, granted, better late than never, obviously. that's I mean, we're happy that he figured it out now. But I just feel like he lost such a big opportunity against the likes of Kiev Bologna to switch something because the old saying is always that, you know, in the spring you regret the points that you dropped in the fall and the winter. And I can't help but think that that potentially may be the case this time. That's that's true, but um, well, you know, if we think that way, last year 
I was always thinking about those points dropped at Genoa and then at Kievo, uh, where we equalized and dropped uh, four points against these very beatable teams. Uh, remember when De Rossi smacked La Padula? La Padula, yep. Against Genoa. Uh, yeah, and we were Terrible. winning that game. We were yep. winning that game, and they equalized, and that was the start of, and we lost so many points since then. And we were in the run for the top spots in, during the, uh, even before that game. So last year, it was, again, another example of losing a lot of points against beatable teams. And who knows, maybe we would have wound up second, uh, much probably much closer to the first place. Uh, maybe we could have scared Juve a little. But until Roma don't develop this habit of not playing down to their opposition, being laser-focused, because that's what Juve do. They're so focused on every single opponent doesn't matter if it's empoli if it's pal if it's atalanta it's just they go in go out business as usual three points and roma have to develop that um and also i want to okay i just want to bring out how good has nzonzi been oh sensational sensational i don't think i just don't think people realize the kind of player that we have in the midfield the way he orchestrates everything his movements so so beautiful to watch the simple things uh that usually we screw up the simple passes and he's so calm so collected even in the most difficult situation she's always he's always has everything under control it's beautiful to watch he's been incredible these last few matches i you know i thought he was so unfairly slated against milan and i thought yeah, he had the mistake that led to a goal, but there there was so much more beyond that match that was just terrible that you could have easily pointed to that wasn't in Zonzi. So wrapping this up, what's your prediction for Empoli? Do they get it done? Business as usual, as you've been saying? Yeah, they, they, they get it done. I expect a minimum to nothing lead. Okay. Yeah, I I think they'll get it done as well. I I'm hoping for maybe a 3-1. I would like to see more attacking. I would like to see them obviously bag more goals and what we've seen um you know b- before they went on this little run. You know, let's hope they don't disappoint uh in typical Roma fashion and let's not you know, let's hope that Andrea Zoli doesn't become the next Pep Guardiola against us. Given what we saw from him at Roma, I think we might be <laughs> I think we might be safe in that regard, Andy. So we're going to wrap it up here. Another um, another big result for Roma. So very happy for that. Before I wrap this up, I also have to mention our wonderful patrons from Patreon who have chosen to support the podcast. I cannot thank you guys enough. Your support means everything. Without you guys, this podcast, the website would not be possible. So thank you. If you yourself would like to become a patron, uh, go to patreon.com slash romapress or go to the support tab on the website by signing up you can get extra episodes of the roma press podcast early access to the roma press podcast will also be helping us continue on with our endeavors and making this podcast and the website everything it has become today so again thank you to all of you we will wrap this up for now again very happy with the victory and we will talk to you all next time ciao